This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. You know, I said to our, our scouts this year, take some swings. Mm-hmm. Like, I want high-end swings. If we're gonna, if we're gonna strike out, strike out with someone who might be a high-end guy. We don't, I can find the third and fourth line guys all day long. We can do that. Let's, let's swing for the fences. Let's get some guys that'll get you out of your seats. You know, and, and it's hard to, and I understand, you know, it's easy if you're picking first, second, third. I mean, that's easy. That's the easy. The hard part is when you're when you're picking 15, 16, and 17 to find that guy that can, can do it. That's Barry Trotz, general manager of the Nashville Predators, looking for his guys out at the draft when it comes up on June 28th and June 29th, first round that first day, looking for some big swings. Big swings. Go out there. Find me. I can find you a grinder. You're looking at one right now. <laughs> but you go get me some guys that can bring you out of your seats whom you're not looking at. I can't get anybody out of your seats. Yeah, I mean, the, Predator, I'll grind. the Predators are going to be picking 15th and 24th this draft. They actually have seven picks in their first in the first 83. So they're going to be making a lot of picks. Of course, the, uh, the draft is in Nashville this year. Again, once again, coming up on June 28th um, and June 29th. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are going to be picking 18th. And they got five picks in the upcoming draft in Nashville. One of those picks is, of course, is going to be in the first round. The next four picks come up on the second day, one in the third, two in the fifth, and then one in the seventh. Uh, the reporter with Jets TV, Mitchell Clinton, was in a conversation with uh, uh, with Director of Amateur Scouting, Mark Hillier, with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, Mitchell joins us now. Mitchell, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing sensationally. How are you guys? Yeah, doing well, Mitch. Happy hot weekend, finally. Yeah, you heading up to <laughs> yeah. you heading up to Dauphin, do some swimming in the lake there. What are you up to this weekend? You know what? I was uh, I was just hearing the uh, the Country Fest ad that played uh, just a couple minutes ago, and I, you know, that brings back some some memories. There for we me. go. I, I was like, I went to I went to high school in Dauphin, so. You know, my mom was a big part of the band. Parents, they had a fundraiser that went on during Country Fest. So I was, I remember being like 13, 14 up there, like helping out with, with band parents stuff and like begging to stay up at the hill that night with my friends. Like not that you could really do much at that age, but you could, you know, sure. hear the music and all that kind of stuff. And then as I got older, I kept going and uh, probably went on a nice little 10 year run there. But um, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't been there for a while, but uh, every time I hear a Country Fest ad, a lot of memories pop in and. When you get weather like we're going to probably see this weekend, it's another reminder of uh, some some good nights out of that. Yeah, hill. my, my uh, first uh, year or so in radio was up at CKDM in Dauphin, and the best uh, the best little perk of it was they handed you a little VIP pass from Country Fest. When you're 19 100%. years old, turning 20, yeah, it fits in not too bad. Smart 19-year-old yeah. would turn that pass into about two grand for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that smart. Never not was. Smart. Never was. Um, uh, Mitchell, this this is going to be a really interesting draft for the Winnipeg Jets. They're not a. This isn't something new to them picking 18th uh, or around that area. I mean, Kyle Connor was 17th. Uh, Chaz Lucius recently picked 18th. Uh, Logan Stanley was picked 18th as well. And um, they're fitting back into this into this position. We'll get into that. But I want to know how did your conversation with Director of Amateur Scouting uh, Mark Hillier go? Really good. And I mean, obviously he's held that position with the Winnipeg Jets for, for a little while now. And, you know, it's just interesting always to hear from him, especially, you know, a couple of new faces on the scouting side, on the amateur side, for sure, coming into this year. 
both new faces in, in Yari Kekalainen and Tony Martino, who, you know, obviously have an extensive scouting resume behind them. But, you know, anytime you're coming into a new staff, I was curious about how, how they fit in. And, you know, Mark Hillier said they've, or they were great. You know, their perspectives were really, were really uh, valued. And, you know, they fit in very well. So it wasn't like there was much of an adjustment period there. And, you know, even just overall to hear how, like, the week of, of scouting meeting go, goes, because the, the week that they had is really technically called their end-of-season scouting meetings, but the list is nowhere near complete because you still have the combine coming up. You have these conversations that are ongoing, and then there's still a few weeks before the, the actual draft takes place. So there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to the list, but that, those end-of-season meetings, even though they're called end-of-season, he said they're kind of really just uh, the start of the process of getting that, that one final list together um, for when the, you know, the picks start falling on the 28th. Mitchell, along those lines, like I think we always look at the Jets and what they need. And in reality, what they need isn't going to be handled in this draft. But there is, or any draft, uh, they, they draft for the future. And, and I think the Jets have done a really good job of sort of you know, taking the best player available, but also at the end of the draft when it all adds up, it's not like they go out of every round to find this position. They just draft the best players and then add to those positions. Um, is there some positions that they're looking at for the future, or is it just another draft? Is this the overall philosophy of the Jets to just go, look, we've got five picks, we've got seven picks, let's try and get the best player in every round. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want to have 2D, 3 forwards maybe two centers and a goalie like they always seem to add a goalie late right just in case yeah and i mean look no further than than last year with don bivincentis what a right. sensational year he had with with north bay in the ontario hockey league this year uh just yesterday named to the second all-star team in the canadian hockey league not just the ohl where he played in so uh, a really good season for him and that's a, a seventh round find and you know Mark Hillier wouldn't get into specifics necessarily. Didn't really, you know, expect them to either. You know, they keep a lot of things uh, close to the vest as they get closer to the draft. But one thing I did ask him about is is finding value in some of those late round picks because, like you said, you know, there's, you know, there's first round guys that, and some experience at picking at number eighteen where they they've found some some guys and some talent there. But it's always you know uh, wild to me how you can get deeper into the draft. Some of the best players in the NHL are found in the later rounds. You know, Connor Hellebuck is a guy that they found, you know, in the fifth round, you know, way back when. So, like, clearly there's some ability to be able to find some guys there. And one thing that Hillier said was you're looking for NHL upside, but you're also looking for character because, you know, more often than not, those guys in the in the four, five, six, seventh rounds, they're not going to be the ones that are going to make your team raid out of their first training camp, right? They're going to have to put in a lot of work uh, at whatever league that they're at and move their way up through the system. And you need to find someone that's going to have the character and the will to be able to put in that work. So I thought it was interesting that he kind of went, he went pretty deep into that, just talking about, yeah, you're looking for that, that NHL upside. The one thing uh, you guys played the, the Barry Trotz clip off the start, the, the thing that, you know, maybe is going to get people out of their seats or something that's going to translate to that NHL level that can really help the Winnipeg Jets. And you know, once they find that, it's like, okay, that's great. But you do need that other piece, that character piece that, you know, this guy's going to be a really good teammate. He's going to come in. He's going to, you know, put the work in. He's going to be one of those people at development camp that you see absolutely grinding away. If there's a, an on ice session at development camp or when they come to their first training camp, just someone that's going to work and work and work. Uh, at their craft and whatever it's going to take to get them to that next level. The combine begins in Buffalo on on Sunday. I guess there's lots of things, and a lot of these notes are in in pencil. Uh, but but how much gets put put in pen 
um, mm. in Buffalo on Sunday. Yeah, I've, and one of the things about the combine, you know, so many people think of, you know, the, the fitness testing at the end. And like, yeah, I've talked to, you know, enough of our uh, strength and conditioning people with the, the Winnipeg Jets over the years to say, yeah, like you can get a lot of value out of, out of that one day and whatnot. But I think the real value for the teams that week is is the, those four or five days of getting some more interviews in, talking to mm-hmm. players. And um, because then, you know, we talked about how that list continues to evolve. Well, you know, you can have a conversation with someone and be like, okay, like, you know, it's, it's nice to actually, you know, whether it's put a face to the name or get more people to meet this, this individual player, whatever it may be, all of a sudden you start to get just a little bit more of an idea of, of who this, who this player is, you know, you, you can see a lot of tape of them or a lot of film or digital film, however they watch it now. But until you're actually in the room, you get a sense of, you know, how that person carries themselves, you know, maybe what they would be like uh, in and around your organization. I think, that's why those interviews are so important. And Hillier said they're going to talk to 75. I remember one of the years I was at the uh, the combine, it was somewhere in around 82. I think routinely the, the Winnipeg Jets are, are someone that, or an organization that talks to a lot of players. They spend a lot of time interviewing players over the course of the week. And I think it's because of that little character piece that, uh, that Hillier kind of touched on a little bit earlier. Well, and that's, you know, vital. Like we hear this a lot and people yeah. say the interview process, but it's not like un- unlike any other job. Like you really, mm-hmm. as, as Mitchell's pointing out, and I, I think that's a great point, Mitchell, is is you, you interview somebody three times, you might catch them on a bad day. You might have two that, you know, stands out. And then a couple months later when you sit down with an individual and life has changed or something's, mm-hmm. you know, gone wrong. Um, it really speaks to that. I, I like, like what you said there, Mitch, because that's what the draft has become, right? Usually first-round picks have a legitimate chance of getting into the lineup, if not immediately within a year or two. And then the work begins. Then you got to find those those individuals that are going to actually go to work and want to get better and, and have that kind of quote-unquote attitude of mm-hmm. like this is, as we've heard so many times, the cliche, um, this is where the real work begins once you're drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't be that guy that's like, all right, I got drafted. I'm ready just to to kick back here. I'm a national Or I got 148 leader. points in a, a 76 junior games. <laughs> and this is like, how many times do we see these guys even in the first round get drafted and they end up being fourth liners? Like you, you have to, that's when you've got to define what they're going to be. And that's what the organization does with these interviews. Hopefully I can put a long list of people in the major league baseball that have that mentality. They have one good season and that's it. I'm stepping back, baby. I made it. Well, that transfer, like you guys are talking about, that transfer of going from whether it's junior hockey or whatever, you know, that you're playing, uh, whether it's overseas or otherwise, coming into your, you know, your first training camp, like, you know, how many interviews have you seen of guys that, you know, they're, they're maybe a little bit wide eyed because it's, it's pace like the, the and the, the battles for pucks, like mm-hmm. so much of the game is played along the walls. Whereas, you know, uh, I've always heard, you know, when, when junior players come into the, come into the NHL, you know, they're used to, you know, those minute 30 shifts where they can kind of drift around a little bit, pick their spot. And then the, they'll be able to, to make a play and make something happen. Well, you know, how many times have we heard Nikolai Ehlers talk about, you know, I, I have to learn how to use my speed. That was something that he, that he had to develop over years. And now he's got it to a point where he knows that, you know, he can't hop over the boards, go 120 miles an hour for, you know, a minute. It's, it's, you know, you got to be able to find your spot, use your speed to create some space for yourself and then make a play. And then it's, you know, use your speed to get to the next spot. It's just, there's so many uh, different aspects of the game. And that's just for one type of player. You know, you, you talked about, 
you know, guys that maybe end up on the fourth line. They're incredibly talented. It's just, you know, there's a certain role that just has to be filled on the team. And these guys want to play in the National Hockey League. They'll, they'll play into that, that role and do what they have to do. And, you know, the way that the game has certainly evolved, you know, you, you think of the contributions of, uh, you know, Adam Lowry in the playoffs on that third line. Like, you know, he was playing – an incredible amount of minutes. And as the injuries continued to pile up, it just seemed that, you know, if the Jets needed a goal, it was, it was Adam Lowry being able to deflect at home or whatever. So no matter where you end up on an NHL lineup, you're, you're a sensational hockey player. Uh, apparently sensational is my word of the day, um, <laughs> but you're able to, to contribute in all different ways. And it takes some time to learn how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mitchell Clinton reporter with, uh, with uh, the Winnipeg Jets and, and Jets TV. Uh, Mitchell, thanks so much for your time. You take care. Okay. Absolutely. You guys too. Thanks, Mitchell. Enjoy Dauphin this summer. Yeah. Absolutely. Make sure you get out there. Dauphin Lake, Rainbow Beach, all that stuff. I liked how you said, like, you're going to go to Dauphin and do some swimming. That's very specific. Wow. I mean, <laughs> something you very do specific. in Dauphin. You're going to go swimming? Well, the, one of the first times I got there, that I went to this I bar. Swimming. It was Thunders. I actually worked there for a bit as a, yeah. as a waiter. I don't even think it's around anymore. But I sat down there, and this guy was sitting there, and he's just like, hey, you gone out to like my first week there. Guy looks at me, and he goes like, you been out to a swim yet at Dauphin Lake? <laughs> I'm like, no, I haven't yet. It's kind of Just a personal got here for question, yeah. sir. So that's why I ask everybody when it comes to Dauphin, you been out for a swim yet? Anyways, let's take a break. Let's come back. Derek Taylor, voice the Winnipeg Blue tonight. Bombers. Pre-game at 5.30, kickoff at 7.30 later today. Bombers, Riders at IG Field wrapping up the preseason. DT will be joining us, and then we'll make our picks. Panthers or Vegas. Lots to come. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Let's send you back to the 32-year-old and another guy, Jets at noon. Not 32 yet, not for another month and a half. Thanks so much for aging me, Skyler. I know you're 25 and you like to throw that around here, seven years younger than me. You know? Six years. Only six. I'm turning 26. When? When you turn 26, when's your birthday? You don't act like A couple summer guys. (laughs) You don't act like you are. You know who says something like that, Cam? Somebody who's jealous of a much older man's hair. <laughs> He's got a nice head of hair. Come well, on. I think this is, we got good hair it's all around good, yeah. right now. Actually, this is a good hair crew right here. I yeah, think, I this, is, I think this is why this happened. Nothing yeah. to do with skill of broadcasting or knowledge or research or anything. It's just like, let's get an afternoon hair crew together. Jim, first first team put them on the radio over here. Yeah, yeah. Put them on the radio where no one <laughs> can see it. Yeah. <laughs> It's a waste, but listen, it's there. Yeah. What are these cameras for? Like, you have a camera between the two of you. It just points at Jim's mug, and Forche has to deal with it all day. TBD. TBD. You get to see him wistfully scratching his chin here. (laughs) The the reality show when it comes in. Yeah. The reality show of how radio is put together. Hey, did you call that guy? No, did you? No. Oh, okay. We'll do it next week. No, you got You guys are gonna have to get more animated. Start throwing papers around. Yeah, and stuff. it's like, got to get a little yeah. bit more crazy yeah. in here. Anyways, <laughs> hey, it's gonna be a nuts summer. I believe as we're gonna talk football yeah. now, but I believe this is gonna be a busy, busy summer for the Jets. Yeah, I am. I'm and you, you're not. Now. I'm, I'm not convinced. I came we'll talk in heavy. About this next week, but we'll you're talk not. about this. I'm. I'm unconvinced that there's gonna be as many moves as people perhaps think there's going to be. I'm somewhere in the middle. So I look forward to this conversation next yes, week. Yes, yeah. we'll get we'll, into it next week we'll, for we'll sure. We'll wait and see. But you know what? Talking about nice heads of hair, Derek Taylor, yeah. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, voice of the Bombers here on 680. We, we should live in a world, DT, where you don't get hired on your hair appearance. But unfortunately, that's what radio has become. It's been working in our favor for all these years. So I'm, not, I'm not giving that up. I have, I have friends who were all involved at like 17. So I, 
I do not take uh, the fact that I have hair at 48 for granted. And I love the hockey flow on Mark Stone, but when that helmet comes off, there's a reason why it goes straight back. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to cover a couple things, but yeah. who am I to judge him, right? He's he's living large this weekend. Big game tonight, and I'm serious. Like it's uh it's a it's a big it's not a regular season. Yeah. It's not go through the motions. For a lot of these players, it's a big game. Yeah, and the riders are in town too. That's yeah. always that always adds a little bit of oomph to it. Yeah, and, and the riders are bringing their whole team. So uh, if the bombers were to whack them around out the field for a few hours. That would feel pretty great for the Bombers and feel pretty demoralizing for the Riders. But yeah, there's there's going to be jobs that we uh, that are won and lost tonight, right? So that's that always makes it pretty good. And it, it looks like the Bombers have put the guys who are competing for those jobs in the best position they could be. They they left some veterans out there to help defensive tackles and defensive backs and and receivers who are trying to make the club. So yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of intrigue and a lot of points of discussion tonight. Maybe for the listeners uh, just joining us, I mean, there was surprise, some surprise news about Kenny Lawler. I'm, I, 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 I don't suppose that there's anything new to report in, in sort of that situation, but maybe give an overview on, on what's going to be happening and unfolding over the next few weeks. Yeah, so the Bombers revealing yesterday that uh, Kenny Lawler has gone on the suspended list because of an off-field incident that happened in October of 2021. Uh, the only off-field incident that Lawler had that year was when he was uh, arrested for drunk driving. So we would presume that it all leads back to that. What it means, you know, that it will take three to four weeks for, for this thing to rectify itself, clear up, uh, is, is kind of anyone's guess. It'll take someone more, uh, more in tune with, with our legal system than, than I am. But uh, the Bombers say they'll have a comment when it resolves, and that'll be within three to four weeks. So tonight, he probably wouldn't have played tonight anyway, but it's the first three weeks of the season. Uh, is kind of a big deal because that guy was, you know, the prize, one of the top two prize receivers in free agency this season. And for him to come back to the Bombers, it was a fantastic story of, oh, he wants to be back with the champs and feels more comfortable back home, hated his season, Edmonton, whatever it was. Uh, it, it, takes a, it takes away uh, a pretty great story and leaves a hole in the Bombers lineup that they're fortunate enough to, to be able to fill. But, uh, you know, this is one of those things where, it sounds like there's something more important than football in Kenny Lawler's life right now. And along those lines, Derek, just one more on this. So is this a team-imposed suspension? Is it a CFL league-imposed suspension? Um, do we have any details on that? So it's, it's a team-imposed suspension. They've moved him to the suspended list. We haven't heard, because the CFL hasn't come out and said, hey, we've decided to suspend Kenny Lawler. Uh, from, from what I can see from accounts of the story in October, it was a bombers imposed suspension when he was when he was caught drunk driving. They they suspended him for a game. Now whether that was to head off what the CFL was going to do anyway, or it was because they felt it was the right thing to do and, and deal with whatever the CFL adds on top of that, fine. But yeah, no, this is a this is a team move. It's the suspended list is is a, a nebulous thing in the Canadian Football League, but. Uh, you know, it's it, you, you put a guy on the suspended list, he takes care of his business off the field, and then when he comes back, he can he can have a roster spot back, and you keep him on your team the whole time. Uh, going to the guys that are going to be on the field here, one of the things I'm going to be interested to see today, Derek, is uh, is is a repeat performance from, from Caleb Thomas down the middle of the defensive line uh, possible. Is that something you're going to be watching for? Absolutely, and, we, and I mentioned 
they're keeping some veterans on the roster just uh, just to help out guys. Caleb Thomas playing next to Jake Thomas, uh, potentially, or even Cameron Lawson, guys who have been in the CFL 11 years and, and three years between them. Uh, gives him someone to work with who knows how this Bombers defense should work. Thomas was really nice in that first game, right? He had the sack of a nice little interior rush. He blocked the what would have been the game-winning field goal uh, for the Elks. So that's a real, real Real, real nice way to start it. So, yeah, Caleb Thomas is one to watch. There's got to be somebody to back up Ricky Walker as the American defensive tackle if we presume that Walker is going to take that job. And he's the only guy I've seen as an American defensive tackle with that first team. So we presume it's Walker's job. There's got to be somebody in there in a, in a depth role, if not two guys in a depth role. So, yeah, Caleb Thomas, one of those guys who's not fighting for a starting job, but for one of them on the 45 and the – and a full-time paycheck as a pro football player. And along those lines, uh, you mentioned the Riders here and, and their lineup tonight. Uh, they, they weren't very good last year. Uh, Trevor Harris is now their quarterback, or looks to be. Uh, what do you expect from the side they're bringing to town? And, and as you said, like if the Bombers could knock them around tonight, that, that, uh, that's a little ominous for the Riders. Yeah, for sure, because I think they have 23 of the 24 guys they expect to start this season. Oh, pardon me, 22. Uh, coming for this game. So, uh, honestly, I look at this Riders team and I go, okay, well, that defense looks like it's going to be tough. They've got veterans in the defensive backfield. Larry Dean is their middle linebacker at 34. He's he's just a tackling machine for his whole career. And that front has some pieces uh, of just fantastic players. Anthony Lanier, whether they play him inside a tackle or outside at end, that guy created havoc last year. He was fantastic. And he was the highest-paid defensive lineman in the CFL this offseason. So their defense is going to be for real. It's their offense that I just – I don't know that they've done enough. They they got Trevor Harris, which I think is great, because Harris might be the second-best quarterback in the CFL this year. But you bring in Darrell Walker, who – when you remember Darrell Walker's impact time, you're remembering 2017 and 2016, and you're remembering that far back. Sean Bain Jr. was a depth player in Calgary. Jake Winicky was good in his first couple seasons in Montreal, but disappeared for the first, let's say, 16 weeks of last season. And what happened to this guy? Kean Schaefer-Baker is their star Canadian, but he's on the injured list. They've talked about running the ball more. They're going to try to put four Canadians on the offensive line, including a uh, a senior in Philip Blake. Like, I, I don't see... And, oh, yeah, by the way, their offensive coordinator is not particularly experienced, Kelly Jeffrey. He's not exactly fresh from the youth sports level, but he's, I believe, one year removed from that. So it's not – their offense does not scare me in any way, and it doesn't look like a defense that would equate to the 2021 Bombers defense where they just ripped the heart out of opposing offenses and allowed fewer than 13 points a game. So I really look at this team and go, as much as I think Trevor Harris is number two in the CFL, be the significant gap behind Zach Kolaris, I I don't know that they're going to put together enough points to uh, to really challenge. And I think they're I think they're on the outside of the playoff picture, looking in the West. Bomber training camp reports are brought to you by Stars Air Ambulance, caring for Manitobans when and where you need us most. Pre-game 5.30, kickoff 7.30, Bombers, Riders, IG Field, wrapping up the preseason right here on 680 CGOB. DT, thanks a lot, man. Enjoy and have fun tonight. Thank you. I just want to throw it out. CGLB Fantasy League is live. You guys will certainly join in and see if you too can beat Doug Brown.
Ooh, fantasy football. I love the CFL fantasy football. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a lot of people go, well, there's so few teams, but that's what adds to the challenge. You want to ju- let's jump in on this. Yeah, let's, let's, we'll let's do this. We'll yeah. do this. It'll be fun. Not only be fun. do we be, have to beat DT, and uh, DT, when he was at TSN, I used to text him and go, hey, what do you th- who are you starting at running back this week? And, <laughs> and he would always get back to me after the games were over. <laughs> wow. Toth, I couldn't have you challenging me for 45th in the nation. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Derek. Take care, okay? Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Derek. Have a great call tonight with Doug. Uh, It's a great, it's a fun thing. There's 32 teams in the NFL, right? So when you play that, there's all options, the waiver wire. It's a different beast when you have this salary cap and have to, like, everybody picks the running back. But the running back that you might want every week that everybody's going to grab is so expensive. It's fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, uh, key game day transportation information if you're going to be heading out there. Uh, just real quick, the Bombers would like to advise fans of important information regarding parking and transportation on game days. Uh, as road work on University Crescent resumes, fans should expect delays due to that road work. Um, of course, there's going to be delays. Also, therefore, uh, fans also encouraged to check their W-A-Z-E WAS app for uh, live traffic updates prior to leaving the stadium and, and arrive early to ensure entry into the stadium for kickoff. Parking passes can be pre-purchased online through Winnipeg Blue Bomber account manager uh, as well. Uh, there's the transit park and ride. Fans can choose from one of the following two locations access, uh, to access the Blue Rapid Transit Line. Seal Station uh, Park and Ride at 1550 Seal Avenue as well as Clarence Station Park and Ride at 1240 Clarence. Uh, five park and ride locations as well. Five bucks going to cost you to get there and back from IG Field from McPhillips Station, Club Regent, the St. Norbert Hotel, the Cineboy Downs, and from St. Vitale. Also, of course, bike valet, ride share, taxis, all that good stuff. So make sure you're uh, making note of that on your way to the stadium uh, tonight. Let's come back on the other side. Who would you rather have? And don't answer this question, Jim Toth. Would you rather have Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov? Or would you rather have Jack Eichel and Mark Stone? Well, we're going to see those two got those two sets are going to be battling it out starting tomorrow uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll get right back to that. Who do you have? Texas show 204-780-6868. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, I asked you heading into the break, who would you rather have? Of course, the Stanley Cup final gets going with game one tomorrow in Vegas, Florida Panthers, Golden Knights. Uh... I asked you, would you rather have Matthew Kachuk or Sasha Barkov, or would you rather have Jack Eichel and Mark Stone? Uh, This texture says Stone and Eichel. This texture says Kachuk and Barkov for sure. Jerry picks Maurice and the Panthers, uh, which I assume also means uh, Matthew Kachuk and Sasha Barkov. And then this texture says uh, Kachuk and Barkov, better hair, which I uh, definitely attach myself to. You know, Mark Stone's got nice hair, though. Well, again, I... I, I think Jack Eichel has a perm. I think he gets that perm. Yeah, that is. Those are little, those no, curls are a little too tight for me. Little Beavis and Butthead going on there. Yeah, uh, I don't like that hair at all. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um, and Mark, you know, has good hockey flow with a helmet, but under the helmet, it's, it's suspect. It's a little, I, just a little thin. Oh, no. I, I didn't know that. Knock Uh-oh. on wood. I think you might have just outed him there, Jim. Um, well, who would you rather have of those of those group of those group of guys? Well, I look to Chuck and Stone are gamers. Yeah, I mean, oh, they're gamers. I, I would uh, I would go to any situation on a hockey rink with those two, up down like up yeah. in a in a game, down in a game uh, in a series. 
Uh, so I, I love everything that those guys bring, not only their skill, but just everything else they bring to it. Uh, but I would take uh, Barkov over Eichel and his skill any day of the week. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Eichel can disappear at times. I know he's extremely talented and skilled, uh, but I, I'll just take Bark. So I'll go Bark because of Barkov. I'll go Barkov Kachuk. Yeah. Um, but I like everything about Mark Stone and and what he brings to too. But uh, in all honesty, no knock on Mark Stone as good as he is. Kachuk yeah. and Barkov are more skilled. Four game winning goals so far in these playoffs. For Matthew I mean, Kachuk. last year I couldn't get over how Leon Dreisaitl in a five-game series against Calgary had 17 points. Yeah. He averaged more than three points a game in a series. This year I can't believe that in a sweep, Matthew Kachuk has had in four games three game-winning goals and an assist on the other one. Yeah. He's been in on all four game-winning goals in a sweep of a series and scored three of them. Mm-hmm. I mean – what more can you say, right? So I think it's a fascinating matchup, though. Every time I bet against Vegas, I get burnt. <laughs> and I look at this matchup on paper, and I Vegas has the better D. The goaltending is clearly, but it has been, other than the Edmonton series, in my opinion, clearly favoring the other team than Vegas. Yeah. I think it favors Florida. And I like Florida's makeup up and down the line. I think Florida has more skill, more scoring ability in their forward core than Vegas does. But... Then Marsha Show will get three points in two games. And then the next game, it'll be somebody else who yeah, steps up. And then that, Carlson will have a game. That's and, what Vegas has going for them is that sort of that balanced attack is they don't need. It's like if Matthew Kachuk and, and Barkov have two bad games, that spells really bad for the Panthers. But you could have Eichel and Stone maybe not show up for two games with for the Golden Knights, and it's a totally different story for Vegas. I still think, and, th- and this, is, this is just my my perspective on it. I think the Panthers might be a team of destiny here. These guys are wired. They're going here. Um, I I just see everything working out for them as this thing goes on. I think they're going to win the series in six games. And I think Maurice has learned how to deal with a long layoff based on the situation that happened here in Winnipeg when they swept the, they swept the Oilers during the bubble year. And then Montreal took that series in Toronto to seven games. And then they came and swept the Jets. I think Maurice learned a lot from that series and how to deal with a situation like this. And I think the the Florida Panthers are going to be ready. So who are you going with? The Panthers, Florida? Panthers and six. Yeah, I think they'll take Panthers six. and six. I actually like that. I'll take the Panthers and six too. Um, I'll be happy for either side. Who do you think it's better for to win the cup? I think it's better for Florida. I think so too. I, th- I think they've been well since they're in, since thirty 90s. years. Yeah, it's been a long time. Thirty years now. They've only been in the final. This is their second time. Um, and Paul Maurice raising a cup after all those years of coaching and being around the game for so yeah. long. But that being said, I've waited for Kelly McCrimmon to go to the National Hockey League. He has done such a phenomenal job in junior hockey with the Wheat Kings and the WHL for so many years. And what he's put together here and the Manitobans involved, I'll be equally as happy for Vegas to win it as well. But that being said, I mean, the cup could come here for five times this summer. <laughs> If, uh, if if Vegas wins it, it'll be throughout the province five separate times, probably a week. Like it'll yeah. go to one spot, then the next, then the next. Um, but but I I kind of think Florida takes this, and I'll be happy for whoever wins. Uh, I got Florida in six as well. I got to go with Maurice. That's that that's that's just where I'm, I think my he deserves heart is. it. Like yeah, he's he he's seen everything, he's done everything, he's had his faults, he's he's been great. I think he deserves it. Jim Till to take you all the way until three o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back Monday. See ya.